What a world! Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. And yeah, we have to talk about it. This is our official Dallas Cowboys post-game show right here on the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network. Make sure you do subscribe to the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Blog of the Boys, hit subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are really helpful. We really appreciate it. Virtual hug and virtual high five to all of you who have already done so and will do so. Um, but yeah, so uh, we have a bunch of episodes that come out all the time. This is our official post-game show. We will have a new episode of the 750 with myself and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas later on today because today is Tuesday. The Dallas Cowboys obviously played on Monday Night Football their first game without Dak Prescott. A 38-10 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cowboys fall to 2-4 and four on the season. Still in first place somehow, someway. Shout out to the best division in football, the NFC East. And I... I don't know. I, I really don't know. You know, um, typically, you know, got some notes, right? I want to hit on this, want to touch on that, want to want to talk about this play, want to talk about this effort, whatever the case may be, right? Like that's that's how post game shows go. And I don't know what to do here. Uh, I, I don't know how how we do this because you know last week's post game show we were obviously all devastated because of the injury to Dak Prescott and we all knew that that this was going to be very weird and very different. You know we're watching somebody other than Dak Prescott play quarterback for the Cowboys for the first time in almost five years. That that is a jarring thing. It's a different thing. But you know we all kind of saddled up and we all got excited and, and hopeful about Andy Dalton. Um, my, myself more than others, I think. You know on on our pregame show I was the only person to take the Cowboys, although albeit a bit, um, you know, out of out of naivete, if I'm being honest, I, I was I was naive on purpose, if that makes sense. I was trying to look through, you know, look through the lens of a child, almost <laughs> look through the lens of, of just a, a, a loyal fan. Right. That's kind of how I wanted to feel. Uh, and sometimes we, we, we just feel how we want in that way. And I mean, obviously, that was misguided. The Cowboys 38 to 10 does not properly convey how badly they lost to the Arizona Cardinals. This was embarrassing. And, you know, I mean, I don't even know how to, you know, if if I opened the closet and there were several embarrassing boxes or embarrassing compartments and I had to decide, you know, where do we put this embarrassing? Because there's, there's, you know, the way the Packers lost this week embarrassing, right? Like you just, you get your ass kicked. That's one type of embarrassing. There's embarrassing like, you know, the way that the Chicago Bears are winning, right? You know, we're really not the best team but you're know, winning you know whatever and then there's this and this is honestly the New York Jets box and that might sound dramatic but that is the point that we are at the Dallas Cowboys are among the worst teams in football without Dak Prescott they weren't a very good team with Dak Prescott to be clear but without him they are completely helpless I tweeted before the game we've talked about it on many different shows here we've written about it at bloggingtheboys.com we have made this point so crystal clear that the fact that we are now having this conversation is all the more sobering the, the point that we said was we are going to learn a lot 
about the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott. And I think that it's important to include without Jason Garrett too, because, and I've said this before, Jason Garrett was kind of the safety net for a lot of us, right? A, a lot of, you know, maybe your friends, your family, you know, who people you talk about the Cowboys with, Jason Garrett was this safety net in the sense of, you know, anytime the Cowboys lost, you, you could always say, you know, let, let's look at that Jets game last year, right? As an example, or Thanksgiving against the Buffalo Bills, whatever, pick a loss that has pissed you off at some point over the last decade. Um, Jason Garrett was always this man, Jason Garrett's holding them back. You know, he's the reason, you know, he was the face, right? He, he was, he was the cover of that book. He was the reason he was the point. He was what every finger was pointing at. Jason Garrett's the reason the Cowboys can't get it done. Jason Garrett's the reason they're mediocre. He went eight and eight, three years in a row. He went four and 12 without Tony Romo or, or in the season where Tony Romo was lost. I get my point. Jason Garrett is the reason when we move on from Jason Garrett, we're going to be free. We're going to be, you know, like Andy Dufresne at the end of the tunnel in Shawshank. We are going to be liberated when Jason Garrett is gone. Okay. All right. Well, that reality's here. And Jason Garrett's gone. And that safety net is no longer here. And what's more is that Dak Prescott's gone. And Dak Prescott wasn't necessarily a safety net as much as he was a life preserver, right? Man, we are drowning against the Atlanta Falcons. Somebody, please, anybody save us. Dak Prescott to the rescue. Dak Prescott has thrown the Cowboys back into games all this season, obviously. And at many different times over his career, he has been the driving force, the propelling nature for their wins more often than not. You could talk about feeding Zeke and whatever the case may be, but those things were gone. Those things were gone. There was nowhere for anybody to hide, and that anybody includes everybody. It includes Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, Mike Nolan, Ezekiel Elliott, even the amazing wide receiver trio, Dalton Schultz. It includes the offensive line, the patchwork offensive line at that. It includes Demarcus Lawrence and Jalen Smith and Leighton Vandresh, who made his return to the Cowboys, uh, obviously coming off of injured reserve being activated on Monday afternoon for Xavier Woods, for you know whoever else you want to throw out. I mean, this th- this was the time. It was on Monday Night Football, too. And, and and the rest of the season, all of these things are true too, by the way. We are going to continue to learn who the Dallas Cowboys are. And to be frank with you, the Dallas Cowboys are a team that shrinks and shrivels when they don't have a hero to save them. That's the, that's the honest truth because Dak Prescott is their hero. And I, I think a lot of people are going to look at Andy Dalton in this game and look at the way he performed, obviously look at the two interceptions and the almost interception, certainly not a great game for Andy Dalton, but he threw the ball 54 times. I mean, that that says a lot about this game and, and, and what it was. 266 yards, he did have the touchdown to Amari Cooper there at the end. Hopefully that won you something somewhere, um, but, but I mean... Let's look at this because this this conversation turns into a Mike McCarthy conversation. And I know that we're not really even talking about the game, but that's kind of because the game is irrelevant, right? I mean, how the Cowboys played against the Cardinals, who cares? We're talking about who this team is and, and who who they are moving forward and what their future is because that's what this game, you know, nobody cares about the Cardinals anymore. It's about what is going to happen, what is going to change, what is going to be fixed. And there are a lot of fingers being pointed at Mike McCarthy, and there are even takes, yes, there are takes, saying, man, did the Cowboys make a mistake in letting go of Jason Garrett? No, they did not. And Jason Garrett is an outstanding individual. I wrote something last week at the site about how he exemplified total and pure class walking over to Dak Prescott when Dak was hurt. He is one of the better people that has ever been associated with the Dallas Cowboys, but he was not a great coach. And Mike McCarthy isn't coaching like a great coach right now. I will totally admit that. And I, I need to say, for, for the purposes of being completely honest, I was really hard on Mike McCarthy early on this season. I, I did a radio hit with my buddy 
buddies at ESPN San Antonio, and I did use the word fraud because a lot of us were, were starting to wonder about this analytical guy and, and him being woke to the analytics. But I, I did say after the Cowboys beat the Atlanta Falcons, when Mike McCarthy went for two, that was one of the most encouraging signs that we have seen from Mike McCarthy. And I stand by that. And while I certainly will not tell you and, and lie to you that Mike McCarthy has been great, like we talked about last week, it, it should be said a thousand times from all of the roof and hilltops that Mike McCarthy is dealing with just an incredible amount of hurdles in inordinate circumstances. I mean, consider that, and, and I said this last week, and, and, and that's what this is so, that, that's why this is so frustrating, right? I keep saying I said this last week, and that's who the Cowboys are, right? I said this last week. We talked about this last week. We all said this. We all agreed with this. That's who they are. They keep making the same mistakes, and it's so frustrating. But last week, I talked about how when Mike McCarthy had his opening press conference at the Ford Center at the Star in the suit, and he, you know, made the joke about how you didn't watch every single game and people started to panic, right? You remember the moment. In that moment, Travis Frederick was the starting center for the Dallas Cowboys. Tyron Smith was the starting left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. Lyle Collins was your right tackle. Dak Prescott was your quarterback. The Cowboys would go on to sign Gerald McCoy, their first free agent, somebody who they thought was going to be not just an important player for them, but an important leader for them. Obviously, the Cowboys have lost all of those players. They've also lost Blake Jarwin. They have also, in spurts, lost Leighton Vanderish, who did return. They have obviously lost Joe Looney. You can obviously include the Travis Frederick retirement there. They've lost Chidabe Awuze. They've lost a number of players on top top of the fact that they are living and dealing with the most unique season that we have ever seen due to the complications presented by COVID-19. And while I totally understand that that is something that literally every team, every person in the world is dealing with, it is still a factor that should be said. And I get the injury front. I, I get saying, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. L- look at how they're doing. They almost rallied to beat the Baltimore Ravens. That's true. That, that is objectively true. And I can't deny that. But I thought Bob Stern put it great, the great Bob Stern from the Tick and the Athletic a few weeks ago uh, in writing about Mike McCarthy. He talked about the turnover from Mike McCarthy's first year with the Green Bay Packers in 2006 all the way to 2010 when they won the Super Bowl in the stadium that the Cowboys now exemplify mediocrity in. And it took time. And, and I think that what we have learned, and this is what I mean in that this is in no, you know, we're, we've moved so far past the Cardinals. The the problem is 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 more than who the head coach is, right? We know that Jason Garrett was not the right man for the job, and and that was unfortunate because it would have been a great story. We're not sure if Mike McCarthy is the man for the job. We're not gonna be sure after the end of this season because this season is so complicated. Mike McCarthy still could be the man for this job. That that is, you know, it's way too early to jump to any conclusion about Mike McCarthy, but the the problem is systemic. The problem is 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 bigger than that. The problem is is more about I, I, I don't want to say the culture, but the problem is bigger than that. I mean, consider the fact that, you know, turnovers are still an issue, right? I mean, that, that's one thing. The Cowboys didn't force a single turnover in this game. The, the Dallas Cowboys have played six games this season, six full games, 24 full quarters. They're two and four in six games. They have played six full games that you have to use two hands to get to six, and they have one interception. They have one. They have a single interception, one uno Oh, no. They have one interception in six full games. I tweeted this out. Jeff Heath, on his own, the GOAT, has one interception this season. I mean, you could play that game with a million different people. But, I mean, you get my point. That's, you know, 
that's been an issue for a long time. And the Cowboys have even changed coordinators. They've changed position coaches. They've changed talent at some point. It is a systemic issue in that point. I mean, you look at Brandon Carr did have success when he left the Cowboys. Obviously, you look at Jeff Heath has literally had success since leaving the Cowboys. I mean, there are a number of examples. And, and so there, there's a bigger problem here. You know, I know we're jumping all over the place, but that's kind of what this episode is about, this, this postgame show, it, because we are all over the place with the Dallas Cowboys. And the point I'm about to make has nothing to do with Mike McCarthy. It has to do with the 2019 Dallas Cowboys, and I don't want to spend too much time in the past. But uh, for what it's worth, these things I, I have also covered. Uh, I do five winners and five losers after every Dallas Cowboys game at bloggingtheboys.com. This week, shocker, there were no winners. I did 10 losers. Unfortunately, we've had to do that far too often this season. We only reserve that for moments where it's truly necessary. But again, it has been necessary you know, a few times this season. Uh, but so 10 losers I wrote about at bloggingtheboys.com if you want to check that out. And one of them was the 2019 Dallas Cowboys coaching staff. Why? Why, RJ? What, in, in what way could the 2019 Dallas Cowboys coaching staff be a loser after the Cowboys got roundhoused by the Arizona Cardinals 38-10 at AT&T Stadium? Oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but Kyler Murray played a couple games there. <laughs> That's right. Kyler Murray is now 7-0 in AT&T Stadium. Bet you didn't know that. Anyway, um, you know, one of the bright spots this season for the Cowboys, uh, amid all of the frustration and turmoil and difficulties that they have faced through six games so far, um, has been Dalton Schultz. And and obviously, the, the way that Dalton got his opportunities this season with Blake Jarwin going down for the season is super unfortunate. We were all very excited to watch Blake Jarwin and see him prosper. And I totally believe that he would have, uh, obviously, if he had played for the Cowboys this season. Uh, but he obviously is not playing since being injured in week one. And Dalton is playing very well. Dalton looks like a service tight end in the NFL, which is a very good thing to see. The 2019 Dallas Cowboys buried Dalton Schultz on the depth chart beneath Blake Jarwin, who they also buried in the name of bringing Jason Witten back. That is a, a, a bigger problem than who the head coach is. You know what I mean? Like th- those are the decisions that that are made that are, are kind of like, why would you do that? Why? I mean, it, it's it's not hard to, to look at who Dalton Schultz is and say, man, that dude's a little bit more athletic than Jason Witten, right? Like, <laughs> that's not a hard realization to have. Yet somehow, some way, it was difficult for the 2019 Cowboys to have that realization. And again, it, it's, it's bigger than whose name is on the door of the head coach's office. And if that is going to change by way of Mike McCarthy, it is going to take time. And, and I think, you know, we can talk about Ezekiel Elliott and obviously not a great game for Zeke. And look, I am not somebody who believes that you should pay running backs. I'm, I'm not the most analytically driven person. I certainly, you know, subscribe to a lot of uh, analytical points in the NFL and in sports in general. We've had the two-point conversation. If you listen to the latest episode of Monday Football Monday that I do on the SB Nation NFL show, we talked about Romeo Cornell and, and Mike Vrabel and Mike Zimmer last week and Sean McVay and the two-point conversions. It's kind of a thing this year in a weird way, but, you know, look, you shouldn't pay running backs. And that's not meant to sound rude or be rude. It's just a matter of resources and where the most logical, you know, place to use them is. And and, and so that's a whole different thing. And so obviously Ezekiel got paid. And when you get paid, you become a target for people because they want to see performance. They want to see that pay justified. They want to see that big contract be proven to be correct. And we know that the Dallas Cowboys gave Ezekiel Elliott a $90 million contract after he held out. They caved. They caved for Zeke. All right? We know that. They caved for Ezekiel Elliott a little bit over a year ago. And Zeke had two fumbles. And one of his fumbles 
very quickly turned into an Arizona Cardinals touchdown. And Zeke Elliott has had a fumbling problem this season. And that's a big issue. He is supposed to be somebody who can, based off of the way you're paying him and his role in the offense, can carry your team when you are now down Dak Prescott, right? I mean, how, how many how many places did you hear over the last week say, man, you know, Cowboys are going to return to their feeding Zeke ways, and that's really going to help them. I, you know, they shouldn't be throwing the ball this much. They, they should be feeding Zeke. That's that's the formula. That's how the Cowboys won all those games in the past. They need to be feeding Zeke. Feed him. And, and, and you probably heard the stat at some point. Oh, man, if he gets 25 carries, watch out because the Cowboys are whatever and whatever when that happens. Those are archaic ways of thinking. Ezekiel Elliott has been not good for the Dallas Cowboys. And the fact that Tony Pollard looked serviceable as a runner – as a running back, that is, kind of proves why you don't pay running backs because it is far easier to replace that production in terms of the running back position than it is to replace anything else. And the Cowboys almost did that perfectly with Tony Pollard, but they caved, like I said. Now, I do want to give Zeke an enormous amount of credit for something because this, again, is part of the systemic issue that we are seeing with the Cowboys. Uh, shout out to Dave Hellman, friend of the show, DallasCowboys.com's Dave Hellman on Twitter at HellmanDC, tweeted out a transcription of a Zeke quote following the game, uh, talking about the fumbles, etc., uh, and about being benched, frankly. Uh, here's Zeke's quote again. Shout out to Dave Hellman for transcribing it and tweeting it out. I don't think it was really much of what they did. I think it was me. I'm supposed to be a guy that this team can rely on. I'm supposed to be a guy that this team can lean on when times get rough. I just wasn't that today. I got us off to a terrible start. The defense, they were playing well, but I killed our momentum. Two fumbles. I can't do that. I can't. I want to read the last bit of of this again. I just wasn't that today. I got us off to a terrible start. The defense, they were playing well, but I killed our momentum. Two fumbles. I can't do that today. I can't. Five times, Ezekiel Elliott said I. Five times. All right. He even says, and I agree with Zeke. I think you agree with Zeke. The defense, they were playing well. They were. And some of that was was Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals were were not clicking early on. And the Cowboys were benefiting from that. It was the first time this season the Cowboys hadn't, you know, completely fallen apart in the first quarter. And that's a good thing. And and theoretically, you know, that would have been when the Cowboys offense capitalized. And it was certainly a, a large point of irony that, you know, the first time the Cowboys defense shows up and lucks into an offense not being, you know, super successful right away was the first game that they play without Dak Prescott. But, you know, so is, is, so is football. But anyway, Zeke says five times that it was him. He says, I wasn't that today. I got us off to a terrible start. I killed our momentum. I can't do that. I can't. And I get it if, if you're frustrated with, you know, the fact that the Cowboys paid a running back $90 million. I get it if you're frustrated with the fact that Ezekiel Elliott fumbled two times. I get it if this comment doesn't make that better for you. But the systemic thing, and, and I know we've used that word a lot so far in this episode, the systemic thing is is that mentality, that disposition, that I just wasn't that today. I got us off to a terrible start. I killed our momentum. I can't do that. I can't. Who else on the Dallas Cowboys talks like that? I mean, who who else is that accountable? Who? I mean, think think of somebody. I I, I know I joke all the time how I'm I'm dancing when I record to buy you time to think. I'm doing that right now. Who else can you think of off the top of your head? And really not the top because I'm giving you some legitimate time here. Who else talks like that? And so I give Zeke all the credit in the world for 
owning up to his mistakes because we don't see that all too often. I mean, I, I stand by that that I, I get Xavier Woods's point from, from a few weeks ago after the Cowboys lost to the Browns. I, I still stand by getting what he was saying and, and that that comment was maybe not misconstrued but, but taken in a way that obviously made for a clicky sort of headline. Um, but even that was, nah, man, you know, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're not – we're not not giving effort. The Cowboys defense was insulted by, by the fact that they didn't give effort, right? And, I mean, how much effort were they giving tonight? And, and you know, you, you look at this, I mean, you know, that, that 69-yard, nice, I know, Kenyon Drake touchdown, that was pure quit from the Dallas Cowboys defense. I mean, th- there are a number of instances where this defense quit. And, you know, we focus so much on the Zeke contract, and, and I know that Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence both played very well last week against the New York Giants, but A, it was the New York Giants, uh, and really that's that's kind of it. But I, I don't want to take away from their performance. They, they did bounce back after the world was was really dragging them, but they were absent here. And, and and you look at this, this is now a talking point, right? The Cowboys paid Zeke, they paid Jalen Smith, they paid Demarcus Lawrence. And I, I, I mean, if you're talking about smart decisions, not smart decisions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it was not unwise to pay Demarcus Lawrence. You pay your edge rushers. That's a, a position, you know, that that demands money, and, and you're certainly happy to pay money if you can find the performance that matches it. Demarcus Lawrence just hasn't lived up to that. But I've never heard Demarcus Lawrence talk the way that Zeke talked. I mean, I, I've never seen that kind of quote come from him. I mean, and, you know, he said that the defense was soft, and that became a, a talking point about the whole defense. But you know, and and I'm not trying to challenge Demarcus Lawrence here, but. Those are places the Cowboys have devoted a lot of resources that were, where they're not seeing a lot of return on their investment. And, and, you know, the Cowboys let Byron Jones walk. The Cowboys obviously haven't taken care of Dak Prescott. And obviously, you know, again, if it's not glaringly obvious to you at this point how much Dak Prescott is worth to the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know what you're watching. I really don't. Because Dak is utterly amazing. In terms, I mean, think about this team was scoring almost at will. I mean, when you really think about it, and not just scoring at will, but scoring, we've we've talked about this before, with piss poor starting field position, right? Because we talked about how the defense, as evidenced, wasn't generating turnovers. Defense wasn't forcing three and outs. It was always punts. They were always starting with the ball near their own 25, 20. Tony Pollard was making that more difficult with his kick returns. Again, Tony Pollard, totally a fine running back. Use him there, but do not let him return kicks. I mean, so, I mean, Dak was finding a way to, and, and if you can't connect those dots, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, because there were people who said, I mean, you, you can very simply find these takes. I mean, just just do a, a very quick Twitter search. I, actually, shout out to a friend of the show, Bobby Belt, uh, put together a, a great video kind of, uh, you know, sort of memorializing, I think, some, some tweets and some takes of people that said, oh, you know, Andy Dalton's going to take this job. Oh, you could put Andy Dalton in there. He's, it's going to be the same thing. I mean, he's he's never had a, a, a roster this talented Andy Dalton has. I mean, again, the Cowboys offense was, was – and they had to because the defense was so bad. We, we recognize that, and the Cowboys offense was, was far from perfect. Dak Prescott himself turned the ball over, but still made up for that himself in terms of giving the Cowboys a chance by, by scoring offensively. The Cowboys put up 10 points, and seven of them were in, in serious garbage time against the Cardinals. I mean, we're talking three real points, and there was a missed field goal from Greg Zerland in there, and, and just an uncharacteristic day, I think, all around. Um, I don't think Andy Dolan's the problem. Uh, you know, I, I know we're going just back and forth, this subject, that subject. This is a winding sort of road and roller coaster ride of an episode that we're on, but that's that's where it's at, right? And so... 
I don't think Andy Dalton's a problem. I don't think you can you can sit here and say the Cowboys have to do this, do that, whatever the case, and, and change their quarterback position because Andy Dalton's trash. Andy Dalton did not play well, right? That's true. Andy Dalton is nowhere near as good as Dak Prescott. That's also true. It says a lot about how, how good Dak simply is. I think Andy Dalton is fine, or, or can be fine, rather. But Andy Dalton had no favors done for him obviously in the fact that the Cowboys offensive line is beaten and battered the fact that you know Zach Martin left the game um who who is now in the concussion protocol according to reports the fact that Zeke Elliott put the ball on the ground twice the fact that the Cowboys defense again they, they deserve props for holding on early but I think now that we we saw the whole game that was more Arizona taking time to dial in than it was the Cowboys really disrupting things um but but Andy Dalton you know it was a rough night for him, you know, got hit a lot. Uh, Arizona certainly took advantage and, and kudos to Cliff Kingsbury for getting that done. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, by the way, was a part of the greatest season that any college football team has ever had. The 2012 fight in Texas Aggies. Whoop. But anyway, um, so, so Andy Dolan's not the problem, but, but there is a big problem here. I mean, th- there is, there is a big problem, and the problem is not Mike McCarthy. The problem is not we need this player. The problem is not let's make this trade. The problem is not whatever. There is a philosophical problem, and, and it is summarized with the response to a lot of questions that is, we like our guys. You can't tell me that you like your guys. You can't tell me that you like your guys when Justin Hamilton shows up and outplays Don Terry Poe. I mean, you, you can't tell me that you like your guys. You just can't. You can't tell anybody that you like your guys because nobody, nobody's going to buy that. Nobody's that stupid. No, nobody's watching these games and saying, man, I get it. I get why you like your guys. No. I mean, we are all guilty of vastly overrating the Dallas Cowboys on paper entering this season. Again, an extremely unique offseason, no real offseason period. All of that is, is fair to factor into the analysis in hindsight. However, I mean, I think the, the, the take that we were most wrong about collectively was that this, this defense, and specifically this defensive line, was going to ball out. And that's because I don't think any of us expected Alden Smith to be this good. Sure, we all maybe had some, some hopes, right, and some wants, some wishes. Maybe he would be good, but nobody anticipated that he would be this good. And so the fact that he has even been this good and that the defensive line is so much lower than our projected expectations says a lot about the colossal failure of the group overall. Where is Everson Griffin? I mean, you know, and I give Leighton Vanderish all the credit in the world for coming back. And, you know, certainly it's impressive just from a physical standpoint that he was able to. Um, but, man, this this – there's a lot that's that's wrong, and a lot of it is bad luck too, right? Like the injuries are bad lucks, so, you know. But but a lot of it is 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 frankly not being very good. I mean, and and that's part of the problem. And and again, I'm not saying let's all just close our eyes and trust Mike McCarthy, and this will be fine in a couple of years. I'm not saying that at all. I think that it's fair to consider that that's possible. I certainly feel more hopeful about the future of the Cowboys in this low moment than I would or, or than, than I did when the Cowboys lost to the Jets, right? I mean, you know, but like I said, I said we would learn a lot about the Cowboys and we're one game in and so far we're not learning a lot of good things. But the most troubling thing to me, and, and again, I think this is troubling from a systemic perspective, you know, um, 
now it's it's past midnight, so it's technically the 20th that I'm recording this. So one year ago today, October 20th, 2019, the Cowboys were coming off of that loss to the Jets, right? And it was super embarrassing. They had they had been three and zero. They had fallen to three and three. Um, you know, obviously people were talking about Jason Garrett, and they were hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Super big game, and everybody was wondering what was going to happen. Well, guess what? They kicked the Eagles' ass. They won 37 to 10, and you know that was really impressive. And that was a hallmark of the Jason Garrett era. And we've talked about that on this show and on all of our shows at bloggingboys.com, on social media, whatever, that Jason Garrett's guys, before they ultimately did, they would never quit on him. That when the going got tough, they would always dig in and respond. And there was something to that. And, and I think a lot of that credit belongs to Jason Garrett. Some of it obviously belongs to the players. But you look at what happened on Monday night against Arizona. The going got tough, and the Cowboys just collapsed. They collapsed. And and what's what's different, right? There's no Jason Garrett, right? But we agree that Mike McCarthy's a better head coach. There's no Dak Prescott. So what is it? I mean, at some point, it's the players, right? I mean, you you can talk Jerry Jones, I'm not a fan, whatever, blah, 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 et cetera, Jerry's fault, you know, whatever. And I think that's fair. But at some point, it's the players. At some point, we have to indisputably say it's the players because they're the common denominator. Um, so, you know, those fingers have to be pointed at some point. Um, and we're unfortunately starting to reach that point. Now on the subject of Jerry Jones, I will warn you, this will probably get a little, um, you know, I'm going to try to clean it up as best I can. (laughs) But, um, as always, we tweeted that we were going to be recording this episode, our official Cowboys postgame show here on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. Normally, we ask you for your thoughts, right? You know, what, what what are your thoughts following this win, this loss, whatever, and we'll kind of get to them. We went about it a different way, a little bit of a different way uh, for this particular episode because, uh, frankly, everything's on fire. Um, so we tweeted out from the Blog on the Boys account. You can follow us on Twitter at Blog on the Boys. I am on Twitter and Instagram at RG Ochoa. By the way, no big deal. Posted some pretty cute photos of my dog on uh, on Monday. Monday marked, uh, speaking of one-year anniversaries, the one-year anniversary of my wife and I getting Little Bear. And so um, it was a happy day in our household. But anyway, we tweeted out, if you could say one thing to Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, what would it be? So uh, I'm going to try to get to them as, as best as I can uh, in as most polite of a way as I can. Um, here we go. Um, Brendan Causey, uh, on Twitter, Brendan Causey, I hope I'm pronouncing all of these correctly, by the way, apologies if I'm not, says, stop blowing smoke, tell us we aren't good, acknowledge there is no real leadership, and for the love of God, pay your quarterback. Obviously, Brendan's talking to the Cowboys here, to Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, and I, I, I mean, you know, new week, so Jerry and Steven are both going to do their radio hits on 105 to the fan, um, and probably going to come out and say, yeah, you know, we, we've got to stop turning the ball over, we've got to, you know, make the turnover differential work more in our favor, you know, and, and they're going to say all those things. It would be nice to, to hear some level of accountability, right, to hear Steven or Jerry say, I thought this, I messed up, I was wrong. The way we talked about Zeke, I don't think that's going to happen. And that certainly adds to the frustration, and I get it. Uh, Shamer on Twitter at Seamus Oatis says, how do you let ESPN get the DAC negotiations perfectly backwards and then listen or let them rip you for not signing DAC to a five-plus-year contract? Uh, Shamer brings up a good point. I just want to get this out there for the sake of clarity. On the Monday Night Football broadcast, they said that the 
difference uh, of opinion between Dak Prescott and the Joneses, a.k.a. the Cowboys, in contract negotiations were that the Joneses and the Cowboys wanted a four-year deal and Dak Prescott wanted a five-year deal. Those details are actually reversed. The Cowboys wanted Dak to a longer-term deal. Obviously, Team Prescott wanted a shorter-term deal. We've discussed this several times, and I do think it sucks that, that ESPN botched that because a lot of people heard that and are going to be stuck on that opinion. A lot of people that, you know, you're going to see it, it family get-togethers or that, you know, blow up your phone and send you texts when the Cowboys lose, whatever. So just be ready for that. Um, but uh, let's move on. Cowboys Coffee Talk on Twitter at Cowboys Coffee Talk with no A in the letter talk says, I think the time is right for Jerry and Steven to ride off into the sunset or let someone else have a go. Um, yeah, I mean that ain't happening I don't, I don't know <laughs> i mean and and I, I i think we knew when we posed this question that these were going to be a lot of uh responses um a lot of responses to be frank are sell the team sell the team sell the team i'm a manchester united supporter so things are really great for me and my sports fandom uh dorset report on twitter at cowboys lone star talking to the joneses says you have deprived this fan base year after year of success without having a coach general manager combo that has to win and build a winning program or face a accountability from the owner only the coach has to face accountability losing formula for 25 years i've written this before um several years ago i don't know if you realize this or not and i'm sorry to depress you but the last time the cowboys were in an nfc championship game john elway did not have a super bowl ring of any kind like think about that (laughs) john elway did not have a super bowl ring of any kind he would go on to win two as a player he would then retire wait the minimum period, be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, begin a whole different career pursuing being a general manager and building his own team in the NFL, rise to the top of that profession so much to the point that he actually became the general manager of the team that he once quarterbacked in the Denver Broncos and built his own team that won a Super Bowl, which ironically included one of the best players in the Jones tenure of ownership of the Dallas Cowboys in DeMarcus Ware. Um, so, yeah, big bummer. Uh, Ramon Lopez on Twitter at Monch915 says, You say you care about winning, yet you still haven't fired the general manager after many, many, many seasons of mediocre to uh, redacted <laughs> seasons. Why should anyone believe you? Hey, I mean, these are these are fair questions, and people are going to be saying these things. It, we're in for a bumpy ride, is, is really all I'm saying. Um, let's see here. Let's move on. Um, aspiring journalists on Twitter at AspiringJourna, number three, says, How much of a leash does Mike Nolan have? Is it drastic to fire a uh, defensive coordinator midseason? And would that affect McCarthy's relationship with the Joneses? Obviously, Mike McCarthy hand-selected Mike Nolan, his friend, to be the Cowboys defensive coordinator. Obviously, that hasn't gone well, really, literally, at all. Uh, The Cowboys are literally one of the worst defenses literally in the history of professional football through six weeks of a season. I I really don't know. Mike Nolan was one of my losers as well. I, I truly don't know how you can, with a straight face, tell anybody that you believe in what he's doing. There's not a single shred of evidence to support that claim. Um, So... Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, let's uh, pick one more. Pick one more. Um, these are all very mean. Um, so I'm trying to find a nicer one. Um, let's see. Uh, let's go here. Marcus Whippy on Twitter at underscore M Whips. That's Whips with two P's. Um, uh, P's as in Phoebe. Lewis Riddick said it on the broadcast, systematically 
garbage. This is what Jerry Jones has created. Systemic garbage. It's a culture. I mean, and I, I, I'm really trying not to be super dramatic and, you know, oh, the Cowboys, there's a huge problem. And, you know, like, I, I'm really not trying to, like, sound the alarms that way. The Cowboys have had success. I mean, they've, they've won games. I know, I know they haven't been to an NFC Championship game. They haven't been to a Super Bowl. I know, I know, I know. But they are not the Jets. They are not the Browns. I know that. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. They're, they're close. I know, I know, I know. All I'm saying is, Right now, the, the mediocrity feels a lot more flagrant, and I'm not saying that it's not, but they have had some levels of success, some, some measured levels of success, obviously not the types of success that any of us would want. I totally agree with you there, um, but there is a systemic issue because you've changed a lot of things and the issues persist, and so you have to give yourself or have yourself a long and hard look in the mirror and say, what is the common denominator? All right, because the common denominator isn't Jalen Smith. The common denominator isn't Jason Garrett. The common denominator isn't Ezekiel Elliott fumbling the ball. The common denominator isn't DeMarcus Lawrence getting paid. The common denominator isn't Dak Prescott or Tony Romo. Those are not the common denominators. There's, there's, there's a very flagrant common denominator. And, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't, we're not like, I'm not a detective, right? <laughs> right? Like, I'm not a hardy boy. You know, it doesn't take a detective to, to put those two and two together to realize what the common denominator is. And, I mean, you know, if any, like, independent, uh, you know, analyzer, you know, looked at the situation, they would say, well, there's one common denominator. Maybe we should change that. And, and I'm not trying to say maybe we should change it, but it, it should. My point is, people are not stupid. That's one of my pet peeves. Actually, I'll tell you, one of my biggest pet peeves in life. When I was in high school, um, a buddy and I, we did these clinical rotations. It was part of our high school program, and we would go work at this dentist's office. And um, so at the dentist's office, they would, they would tell us who would get there, and they would say, hey, guys, do you want to go file today? And obviously, they would have us you know, put, put files in order or whatever. And we would always laugh because, no, I don't want to go file. Like, you think I woke up today saying, man, I please, I am fingers crossed. I really hope they ask us to go file today. No, I don't want to go file. And I don't, you know, what my point, I don't, I don't like being, you know, treated like, you know, like I'm dumb, right? I, nobody does. And that's the insinuation there, right? Like, I bet you want to file. Like, I bet you're, you're dumb enough that you want to file and you don't want to not file. No, I want to not file. I want to do literally anything else. And so that's a situation with the Dallas Cowboys is people are not dumb. Dallas Cowboys fans are not dumb. They are not dumb. And so when you keep telling them these same lines over and 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 over, they feel insulted. And right now, Dallas Cowboys fans feel supremely insulted. And I think that, you know, Jerry Jones mentioned the word grace this offseason. And I think that Dallas Cowboys fans, honestly, I think that Cowboys fans are actually willing to extend an inordinate amount of grace to the team. I think Cowboys fans are willing to say, you know what? You lost a lot of people. You know what? It's the COVID season. You know what? A lot of weird crap has happened. So we understand. But there's no reason for you to be this bad. All right? We, we understand having struggles. We understand losing games. We understand, you know, this is the first year of a new head coach and, you know, whatever. But we do not accept what is happening week in and week out. Think about how many people own AT&T Stadium. Kyler Murray owns AT&T Stadium. UConn, Mike McCarthy's Packers, uh, WrestleMania, George Strait. I mean, so many other people have experienced the greatest joys and greatest thrills of their lives in the palace that was built to honor the Dallas Cowboys, except for the Dallas Cowboys themselves. It really is an unfortunate bit of irony. But 
I digress. That uh, that does it for our official Dallas Cowboys post-game show. Remember that we will have a new episode of the 750 later on today. Myself and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas will recap everything that happened from an X's and O's perspective. I believe Tony was at the game, so he will tell you all about uh, the joy that, that permeated throughout the building. I, I would imagine. I mean, you know obviously. Uh, remember to subscribe to the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcast, you get access to all of our wonderful shows. You get an episode every 12 hours. The Ocho updates you, our daily headlines, and then of course our meteor shows, the 750, Talking the Star, Broadcasting the Boys, Girls Talking Boys, Cowboys Oi, and the pregame every Saturday night and Sunday morning. The Cowboys visit Washington football team this week. It is a purely NFC East matchup sort of week, so it will be a lot of fun. I am RJ Ocho. You can follow me on Twitter at RJ Ocho. We're going to get through this together. I promise you, we're one Cowboys family. We'll get through it all. Uh, so with all that being said, we will see you manana, my friends. Actually, have the best Tuesday ever. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.